Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 124. I'm Evan Addison. And I'm Liz Addison. And we're watching all the horror movies, currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. This week, we're talking about the 2021 horror film Slumber Party Massacre, a remake of the original, directed by Danishka Esterhazy, which comes to us from Shudder. Yay, Shudder! And Sci-Fi, the channel for whom this was originally produced. <laughs> stuff, stuff that's made for sci-fi is sometimes so good. Not good like in a good way, but good as in like a... It hits the spot. It hits the spot, exactly. I agree completely. Like, not the Ice Spider stuff, but like, you know, some of their schlock is up my alley. Yeah, well, I watched the Alice miniseries like a hundred thousand times, and I just loved it from top to bottom, so... They did a Tin Man too. They did do Tin Man, yes, which is not as good. I don't think I ever finished it, but it had an excellent cast and has things I still think about because it was really well crafted. Does the Slumber Party Massacre remake fall under that category of stuff that hits right? I actually think it kind of does. Not entirely, but this was way, way better than I was expecting. Same. I think it definitely does. I think this kind of rocks. It definitely kind of rocks. That's a good That's a good term <laughs> for it. Uh, some context is that um, the Slumber Party Massacre films from the 1980s are a series of relatively low-budget slasher films produced by Roger Corman, um, all written and directed by women. I am a big fan of this franchise. Slumber mm-hmm. Party Massacre 2 in particular is my favorite. I oh, see, that's what I feel like is more iconic. I don't... I now know that I have seen... Summer Party Massacre 1 and 2. I checked my letterbox yesterday. Um, I don't remember anything about the first one. I remember the second one quite vividly because it leans, I think, a little bit more into camp. Yeah, I think that to have a Slumber Party Massacre movie, um, and we'll, we'll get into this like with the film itself, but like with these franchises and these late 2010s, early 2020s reboots um, that are trying to be meta in the Scream way, but mm-hmm. also trying to be like throwbacks to simpler like broader entertainment yeah you have to like dial into like what and especially they might want to be more feminist absolutely you know like they're they recognize some of the sexism and misogyny of past horror films but what i feel like has happened a lot of the time is that they have a very they have a they have a misunderstood sense of the misogyny of that time Mm -hmm. and in trying to update things they actually make it worse <laughs> they make it they make it more misogynistic um black christmas is like the, the biggest one that, that comes to mind is just that they like that's an incredible the original is, is so unbelievably good and the remake that tries to be like yay women is like so infantilizing yeah absolutely and just horrible vapid in every way um so it's interesting that these are like already kind of if not feminist, at least created by women. You know, this is already a franchise that, like, women already have a huge hand in. Yeah, I mean, the original was written by Rita Mae Brown, who wrote Ruby Food Jungle, and was, like, a feminist, like, activist. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for me, like, what makes a Slumber Party Massacre movie is that it should be written and directed by women. I'm glad that this respected that. I think that, like... That's great. That's a core important part of what these franchises... Even if it's not going to be, like, more feminist, it should be at least have women in control of it. It should have teen girls, a slumber party. Mm-hmm. I think that's necessary. And it should have a driller killer. Yes. That is what the core of this franchise is, is a man. I guess it doesn't have to be a man, but like Somebody a man with, a, with a very 
uh, on the nose phallic yes, it drill. Yes, I think it needs to be trying to in penetrate some way. them. Yes, like I think the threat needs to be like that overt. And again, yeah. as soon as Slumber Party Massacre, I mean, Slumber Party Massacre is really smart, but like even in two, they are like really playing that up and playing with masculinity. And I think playing with queerness. I have a very queer read of that movie. We're not mm-hmm. going to talk about Slumber Party Massacre too, but I'm obsessed with it. Come <laughs> find me on Twitter and talk to you about it. Um, and I think that this does a really good job at continuing that legacy and bringing it to new viewers. I could see, especially younger audiences who don't go back to the 80s classics and the slashics that we do, coming to this and really enjoying it and it really engaging them in the ways that the original did. And that's yeah. where I really, like, it feels like an update for a modern audience and why I don't love every single... it doesn't single... need the first, it doesn't need the original to no, work. No, no. Like, I don't love every single thing about this movie, but like... It is an absolutely worthy successor to the things I like about the franchise. Yes. Agreed. And like we've had a lot of these remakes, reboots, requels that like uh have not hit for me recently yeah. the way that this did. So like this isn't my favorite movie by any means, but like it honored the things I care about as a fan of this franchise and like was a lot of fun to watch. It was surprising too. I think that like cuz and we can start getting into it, but the first scene um is supposed to just kind of be straight up and down like Summer Party Massacre. I think it's kind of supposed to be what happens in the original. Um, yes. They, so they, weren't, they weren't able to do that. It's 1993. Yeah. It's a cold open. Slumber party at a cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. We've got a group of girls. Does it, do we really need to go over them? No, no, no. Because they, I mean, the, it starts out and it's, I would say, almost immediately apparent that we're not going to know these girls for very long. No, it very much sets up that, like, this is the cold open of the slasher movie where the group gets killed and then the killer continues to rampage. Yes, especially that, like, if we kind of have a sense that it's going to be modern day, we know this is not modern day. Um, There are a couple things about this I want to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. The thing I was just going to say is that I don't think it's immediately apparent watching it that this movie is going to be as interesting as it is. It's I agree. so up and down. My first note is literally like, I actually can't tell if this movie is having fun or taking itself really seriously. Um, and I was really thrilled when it became clear that it was, in fact, having fun. Absolutely. Uh, just a couple things I want to note. One is they're eating New York style pizza in this, and it is the most delicious pizza I have seen on screen in so long. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Valid, though. Uh, they're at a graduation party, by the way. One of them has just broken up with their boyfriend. The other is, 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 and maybe it's early in the podcast to broach this subject, but who gives their friend an unboxed vibrator as a gift? That is dark. <laughs> like, I do not know. Was it was it used and then not good enough to keep so you right. gave it to your friend? You like, tested it out for them. Yeah. I truly uh, don't know. Just a weird gift. Um, even in 1993. Yeah. I think that's strange. But, like, the thing I like about these girls is that they do immediately have chemistry um yes the the boy is the one that i didn't buy at all unfortunately and i'm really glad that he went away immediately because he is sometimes i struggle in movies when characters are breaking up where i'm like you have done nothing to show me why this girl would ever date this man 100 like this is a he's a white guy doing a black scent in like 1993 and he's disgusting he's not even cute like oh this is, the first thing he does is he lurks outside their window and they're, like, in their pajamas hanging out having a party. And he starts jerking off. Yeah, but, like, a hot guy could do that. And it would be, like, you'd be, like, okay, she's just dating a jerk because he's hot. This guy has absolutely nothing going for him in any capacity. And I didn't, 
really understand what was going on with him, but it's okay because then yes, he's he's being a perv and he gets driller killed. Like, well, what I love about this seconds. actually, the first clue for me that this movie was like having fun is that he's like he's looking at them through the window and jerking off, and he sees a shape on the other side of the house through a window, and he's like, "Damn pervert!" Yeah. And he goes around to like deal with it, and so <laughs> like, like there's wow. like a self awareness here that <laughs> yes, like, I absolutely. do really appreciate. Yes, he gets driller killed. I mean, we can move through this quickly. They all yeah. get they're chased around. Um, some get killed immediately. Some get chased around. There's a whole thing with, like, there's cookies that were left by the owner of the house that one of the girls is eating. And yes. then it's like, oh, no, these cookies were clearly poisoned. And this girl is now not even dying from the cookies, just, like, incapacitated mm-hmm. and can't run very well. Um, and her friend is kind of the one who's trying to she's the one who's like we're gonna get out of here yeah the main girl yeah she gets like um drilled, in drilled the through the hand mm-hmm. she like sticks a soup can on his drill and it spews soup in his face yes i actually wrote um these girls are the dumbest in the whole world but then i then i right under that wrote actually that can thing worked fairly well <laughs> so i had to immediately recant that she is great oh that was great um he chases her to a dock and she punts him into the lake Love she that. like wins yeah. Uh, and then we see the title. But, like, I like that, again, a very simple subversion, but, like, we thought that it was, like... That they were all going to get killed. That they were victims, but instead it's the the killer is defeated, and now, yeah. when we flash forward to the future, it's it's our, our sole survivor. Yeah. She has a daughter. She does. Her daughter is now going to go on a camping trip. I was un- unclear at first whether or not this was something that they communicated about, um, whether or not this was she knew that her mother was a survivor because um, the mother is like really worried. She's like, I, I, you have to call me when you get to this yeah. place. Call me when you get there, call me in the morning. Like, do you have everything you need? Like being really worried. And the daughter is kind of being like, mom, you're always worrying about everything. Yeah. Like who cares? And I was like, God, if I knew that my mother was the sole survivor of a massacre, I would like not be kind of, putting off her her worries i would also be like i understand why you're scared absolutely especially because they're going back to the same camp it's been 20 years or whatever yeah it's, it's renamed it was holly springs uh originally it's been now 30 years right now it's jolly springs is the name of it yeah uh dana is our main character i suppose the daughter of trish the the survivor i think she's the main character yeah uh mave Breeny, weird name and ashley I really, actually really friends? liked Brini as a name. I think it's one of those things that just like feels like what a girl would actually be named or a kind of just a cutesy little nickname. I don't know. Brini? I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maeve's sister? Yes, Alex. Younger sister Alex. It's a stowaway mm-hmm. on their trip and they're like not happy about it. No. They think about turning back. They've already like, gotten so far. We're so far when they discovered it. So they have to go. And so now she's, like, along for the ride, but doesn't really want to be there. No, I think she just wants to drink and do drugs. I think that is, like, her mindset is that she's, like, if I can sneak into my sister's car with her, then I will get to drink and do drugs. And she doesn't like them. There's nothing about them as a group that She doesn't want to spend a weekend hanging out with them. No, she just wants their alcohol. Yeah. And probably, like, somebody said, like, to be included. To be cool, yeah, yeah. She's, like, they're all a little bit girlier, like... I guess, uh... Dana? Dana. Dana, less so, but they're all kind of girly. And Alex is very ungirly. She's mm-hmm. very, like, you know, she's not wearing makeup. She's wearing, like, her sweatpants the whole weekend. She's also younger. Like, yes. there's an aspect of that, though, like... Mm-hmm. 
Um, there, car breaks down. Again, I don't know how many of the beats of this that are so typical slasher stuff we need to go through, but like their car yeah. breaks down. Well, it does. They, I think it does become important. They find a. They're looking at the boards of all the houses that are for rent in the area. Yeah, this the woman who owns the convenience store ends up uh, letting them use her house. Yes. Um, her name is Kay, uh, and she tells them, you know, be the convenience store here. is like next to the mechanic shop. Yes, and she so she brings them out there. She uh, she drives them out there, and she says like, be careful, you know. There's people out here. Stay inside. You know, don't don't cause a big fuss. I don't know if she talks about it or if it's just on the radio, but, like, they're like, oh, yeah, Russ Thorne killed all those people 30 years ago. Oh, now he's escaped. And, no, he uh, his body was never found. Oh, they're just talking about it? Yeah. It's, like, the anniversary or something. Oh, maybe it's the anniversary. They're definitely talking about it because we know we learned the name Russ Thorne through that. Yeah. Um, no, he's presumably, presumably dead. He's not, like... Right. He's just, like, missing, like, his body was ever found right. when Trish survived. Trish kicked him in the lake. Right. So Kay is kind of warning them a little bit about that, but in kind of a vague, just sort of, like, get through it and get out of here. Yeah. There is another cabin across the lake. So, like, they're hanging out. I mean, again. They're doing girl sleepover stuff. They're doing stuff. girl sleepover stuff. I wrote down in my notes that I have never, like, during a sleepover or any kind of, like, girl party danced around like that like i've never put on music and had a dance party but i kind of wish that i had i wish that was more of a thing that's always a thing in sleepover movies and i'm always like where that's never happened to me no yeah. one has ever been like dance party and then you just dance around but they're doing that here in their little frilly pajamas and alex is like hating it uh because she doesn't want to be there she just wants to drink alcohol they're not they're not drinking are they or she or she notices that later they are drinking they are alex is like trying to get drunk um, Dana and Maeve have like a little moment. Yes, they have a little flirty. Their hands touch. I feel like I just wrote something. down the word "gay" in my notes. I wrote Harold, so yeah. <laughs> They're lesbians. I think this is when. Did they beat Al- the boys first? No, I think this is when Alex realizes because Alex Alex is outside being annoyed with them. She waves to somebody across the lake. She sees someone yes. like on the thing. And she waves, but then the guy goes back inside and she's like, okay, that's just an asshole. And I believe when she goes back inside, this is when she makes her realization. Because I think it is related to... Well, no, she finds the body of the mechanic dead at the... Oh, the mechanic. Oh, yeah. So they needed a part for their car. We saw the mechanic come to try to help them. He also got pervy. And then he gets driller killed. Yes. And so then, yeah, then uh, Alex, Alex is the wandering through the woods. Does she meet a guy out there? I thought she did meet a guy. I don't remember anymore. The timing's not important. Yeah. Because the guy, the guys do come later after she comes back. Yes, but she finds the body. She runs back into the house. And then we learn something very important. The big twist. Which is that the girls planned to come here to bait out the driller killer yeah, they like, so that they could kill him once they and for all. They organized the car breaking down. They have the part that works. Like, that was never a problem. They know exactly how it's all going to go. They are armed with weapons. Yes. They are like... They have not been drinking alcohol. No. They have been sober, so they can, but they're pretending. They're, it's all of this play that they're putting on of like, oh my god, we're drunk and we're in our pajamas. But they're like ready to be... They're explicitly th- like recreating the past so that the, they're... Again, they're baiting him out so they could kill him and like do justice to Trish and, like, the girls so who So now killed. we realize what, it must be that Dana's mother has communicated this Oh, 100%. Because Dana has now come here in order to, like, avenge her mother. Yes. Which is great. Her mother's alive, but yes. Avenge her mother's hand and trauma. 
Just, I love this twist. I think it's great. I wasn't all, prepared like, pull, for it at all. all. Like, just a knife out from like behind a pillow. Yes. Like it's very, very, very funny. Uh, and Alex is like blown the fuck away. She has no idea what no, to think. Again, she wasn't part of this plan. No, she's not supposed to be here. This is like, it, it also throws into sharp relief how hard it must have been for Maeve to bring her sister yes. here. That Maeve was really putting up a lot of a fight. And it was like, oh, why? Like, just bring your sister. This. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It is kind of a big deal when you're like, this is a murder plan. Like, they I want came, my sister to be in danger. Like, putting themselves in danger on purpose. Yes. Um, I love this twist. Again, I didn't see it coming. I think that it's a good... I didn't at all. A good way for this movie to be meta without being the way that, like, a lot of things now are about horror movies. And they're yes. about, like, being a fan of horror movies. This is instead about people who have a connection to this traumatic event and are coming back to do it and are, like, aware of the tropes and are aware of all this stuff. It's a little bit about, like, true crime brain also. It is. Well, should we talk about like, that? Yeah. Because the can. boys come and they're trying well, to be neighborly. Even before that, I'm pretty sure the girls are listening to a podcast. They talk about this podcast and, like, that's... They obviously Crime know, bandits? Yes. They obviously know some facts from Trish. Yes. But they have learned a lot about this from the true crime world. That's how they're getting a lot of their, like, facts about the things they need to do. 100%. and 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 Russ himself. So, like, it is... That was also what my thought is that it's, it's very much related to how people think about true crime and serial killing these days. Yes. These boys come over from across the lake. They're trying to be neighborly. They're they also are, in, like, a group of boys. They're crime bandit fans. Crime bandits fans? I don't care. One of them was wearing a t-shirt. They came because they're like, oh, would it be cool if we, like, checked out this location where these murders were? Yeah. But they couldn't rent this house. I thought this house also wasn't the house. Because remember, they they give Brini shit. This is the other thing we haven't really talked about. The, the four girls are all, like, less so, I guess, Maeve. Maeve's kind of, like, the older sister. She's the tight ass. She's the planner. Dana is, like, the main character. And is it Brini or the other one who's, like, a doofus? I don't like know she's which really is which. stupid. And she's playing that up. I don't think we ever... It's not that it turns out that she was just pretending and she's smart. But she is... Or no, it's the slutty one. Whoever the slutty one is has been playing up being the slut the whole time. She has, like, a push-up bra on. Yes. Um. So there she's is... She's, like, playing the hot girl. She's playing the hot girl. So in some ways, they're, like, really embodying these tropes. Um, And I believe there was something going on where they yell at Brini for not getting them the right house. Not yell at her, but they're like, oh, you didn't get us the right house. And she's like, it wasn't on the board. Right. Matt and John, the boys, have the real house. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes and I'm finding oh, stuff. Oh, they have the real house. Got and it, people it. have died since Trish's encounter. There yes. have been more disappearances and murders in the area. And that's why it's become such a thing of note. It's not just their personal connection mm-hmm. that like inspired this true crime series. It's like, oh, this is, something's, something's been up. Yeah. Matt and John are the first two boys who come over. They're not the interesting ones. Uh, no, they were actually really baffling to me because they seem really nerdy. And I was like, this is an interesting choice for kind of what's what's going on here that they they kind of come over and they're just they they seem really weirded out. They're kind of they're kind of trying to be sexy. They're trying yeah. to be um like rescuing these girls, but obviously it's not really working because that's not what these girls are here to do. Right. So there's kind of like this weird um misconnection going mm-hmm. on here. And they also, the girls, don't want the boys to... Mess up their plan. Mess up their plan or, like, be in danger. Like, their whole point is that they're, like, we don't want anybody to either get in the way or to be, like... A victim. A victim because we are trying to draw him out, like, on purpose. They came here prepared. So they want these boys to go away. 
one of the boys sees their weapons mm-hmm. and is like, these girls are murderers. <laughs> They're trying to seduce poor young men like ourselves and kill them, I guess, is like the where yep. his mind goes. So they run away. They go back to their house. We get a great male butt tracking shot of one of these men as we see like what their slumber party is. This whole mm-hmm. sequence is so funny. It is so funny. Two of the guys are named Guy 1 and Guy 2. Like, they call each other that. Yep. Uh, one of them has the guitar from Slumber Party Massacre 2. He's found it in the closet, which is incredible. So funny. Again, if you've seen Slumber Party Massacre 2, the killer has, like, a drill on the end of a very goofy... I don't know what to compare it to. Like, a art piece guitar. Yeah. Like a, it's like a Prince guitar. Yeah. Um, it's pink. Like, bright pink. Yeah. And so he's, like, playing around with that, which is so funny. They have, like, a towel snapping, like, mm-hmm. in their underwear fight. Like, a, their version of a pillow fight. And they're trying to, well, they're trying to rip pillows apart. They're trying and we get to, to see all this in slow-mo. a pillow in half with their bare hands. And then there's, like, pillow fluff flying everywhere. It is very... The girls, like, because they're trying to, like, make sure these these boys are okay. Like, are peeking them through the window. And they're like, are they out slumber partying us? Yes. It's so... Very female gaze funny. Uh, scene. Oh, absolutely. They're, like, spraying beer all over each other. Yes. <laughs> I really love it it's so good um my favorite detail about i can't remember if this is brought up or not or if it's just something in passing the one of the guys has a girlfriend he's always talking about how much he loves his girlfriend and he's mm-hmm. like oh my god he has a tattoo of her name in a heart on his chest oh yes uh and it is just a great detail that he's so obsessed with her and they all like kind of teasing him for it and he literally has her name tattooed on him mm-hmm. uh excellent stuff i think it gets drilled through later maybe that's when i think he does get yeah well is i don't remember because there's kind of there's like this happens in multiple stages um but one of them goes out to get more beer or go to the bathroom just a classic this is how you find up your you know you find yourself on your own in a horror movie situations he dies and then this is when the whole group gets together because somebody finds that body because then they have that great exchange because guy two is dead yes why is guy two dead all dead is two dead all dead is two dead <laughs> just just so and they like they can't handle the fact that like there's it's guys named guy and there's two of them they're like guy but your guy but what guy oh the guy went out which but you're it's just it's it's such and they're like trying to sign each other up like they're, the boys are freaked out because the girls burst in with weapons and yes. like you killed him and it's like uh, there's four of you. No, there's five of us. But there are two guys. And one of them's like, I don't think we should be joking about that right now. Yes. It's just so, it's so well written and well executed. Yes. And the boys kind of, don't they have a moment, at least one of them, where they kind of like, they went into this being kind of like gallant about women. Yeah. And now they're just like becoming misogynists. Yes. I think that that switch happens very quickly where they're like, these are some femme fatale sluts and they're here to murder us. Like they really uh, turn on a dime, which I think was very meaningful. I will say, we'll probably look back to this. I do think that this film's feminism and it's like humor with feminism is like a little on the nose in a way that I'm like, you know, a little tired of. Totally. It's the same jokes, but I did laugh. So yeah, I didn't mind it. It's hard to be too upset about how on the nose it is when it did get a smile and chuckle out of me. Absolutely true. But yeah, it's making those jokes like about what men are turning into and about like the female gaze. They're like, yes, very easy, but like very fun. Very fun. In this movie, I think that's the... It just feels like the right fit for what this movie is doing. It's a fairly low-budget film. It's very on the nose. It's very, you know, 
purposefully broad. Yeah. And I liked that about it. I mean, what's to recap now? They all kind of scatter. Yeah. Um, the driller killer shows up and he's chasing them and there's like it's almost like Scooby-Doo-esque that like yes they're like different groups are running different ways well, he gets the boys are so wildly unprepared that they get killed oh, at yeah. more speed Sean tries to use the guitar and that doesn't work out for him no it's kind of gory yeah it's really fucked up I was very it's one of the more surprising elements of this movie how gory it can get yeah like, it aired on sci-fi? That seems crazy. That's crazy, yeah. Apparently. Or no, wait. I think I did read that there was a more gnarly cut for Shudder. Oh. So that, that makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, if you're on Shudder, again, if you subscribe to a horror screaming, streaming service, screaming service, um, <laughs> you turn on a slasher movie, like, you're expecting to see some blood. If yeah. you're just flipping channels on sci-fi, you might not. No, and his face gets, like, truly mutilated. mutilated. Yeah. Um. The Driller Killer says stuff. It's all dialogue from the original film, which I love. Oh, yeah. We haven't really talked about him. He is so creepy because he has, a like, a little baby voice. Like a high-pitched, like, I love you. I love you. It's so fucking spooky. And it's, like, one of those things where, like, I could have done with more lore of why he's like this, but I also am happy with the amount that we got, which is that, like, it's just sort of inexplicable. Yeah. You can make a lot of assumptions about a... um a slasher who kills girls at slumber parties that it's about with a drill with a drill. Yeah. Obviously specifically that it's about like, there's a performance issues joke, you know? Yeah. And killing girls who are having fun, right? Women should be conservative yeah. and wives not be having fun with it's their girlfriends. It's about watching female joy. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So there's, ob- there's things you can really make assumptions about, but none of that is like explicit. That is that is only kind of mm-hmm. what we're just kind of pulling from the tropes and the societal understanding more than anything he's saying because what he's saying is just kind of creepy gibberish in a, yes, a lot of yes. ways, which I liked. I, I mean, I came to Black it. Christmas. Like it's just exactly like... it's Black Christmas is better, but like this is in the same vein. They make it to morning. Well, first they kill him. They do. Danny uses the machete, chops the drill bit in half, mm-hmm. and then cuts his throat. Alex runs out of the house and stabs him a billion more times because yes. she didn't want to be left out. Right. Um, she's so annoying as a character. It's purposeful, but she's so annoying. They do make it to morning. So they, they've they laid out his body in front of the house. They've covered him with a tarp, a, a blanket, I feel like. Yeah. Something that you can't see his face. The boys who are alive. Oh, and also, sorry. Dana is like, watch this body. She's seen the movies. She knows the situation. Yep. Watch his body until the police get here. Because they have, like, they pretended like they didn't have phones. They pretended like they didn't have service. They do. They're fine. They've called people. They're coming. Yes, we go. They go back to the boys. There's two left. And they're like, yeah, it's John, who I think is, I don't remember. I don't want to worry about their names. Uh, it's the one who, it's the original two. Is it the original two? Yeah. That makes sense. The one with the heart tattoo is like... We never saw Russ Thorne kill anybody. Like, we were being chased around, but, mm-hmm. like, we don't know that it wasn't those girls. Yeah, they really think it's the girls. And I think this is when there's a great sight gag of, like, one of their friend's bodies is in the freezer, but they, like, reach down for a beer he keeps, and they don't yeah, see it. He keeps opening the freezer without looking at it. He's talking to his friend. And then he'll reach in and get a beer. And then he's like, what is that smell? And his friend's like, I don't smell it. And then he'll close it and be like... I guess it's gone now. And then yeah. his friend's like, can you get me a beer? And he's like, yeah, yeah, one second. Lifts it back up, gets another beer out without looking. And he's like, that smell is back. And then he closes it and he's like, I guess it's gone again. So it's a very yeah. good moment. 
Then he goes to take a shower. A great gratuitous male shower scene. Yes, his little butt. Again, this film is like really trying to like gender the female swap gaze. the tropes. Um, he does get, this is where I wrote this down, he gets uh, through his girlfriend's name, Heart Tattoo, yes. with a reciprocating power saw. Mm-hmm. The ones that like, not the circular power saws, the ones that go back and forth. Yes. That's what that's called. Yes. Um, so like, new MO, mm-hmm. killer's not dead. This is cut back and forth with the girls who are taking turns watching the body out front. So we know that it isn't that the body got up and walked away. Well, there has to kind of be someone else. At some Again, this is the sequence that I don't remember. Alex is like, fuck this. He died twice. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. And she walks away because, again, she is the annoying little sister. Um, she goes away to eat cookies. Yes. Uh, uh, Kay dropped cookies off for them, and she's going to eat them because I guess they haven't really like been able to eat breakfast. Yeah. Um, and she's, like, specifically not watching the body. So we don't actually know that it's not the body, just that it was being watched until recently. And the, at this point... Ashley's trying to fix the car. Ashley's fixing the car because, again, they never really had any car problems. She's smart enough. Like, this is the thing I, liked, I liked about Ashley is that she, I believe, is the dumb one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was her. I thought that was Ashley. And she is really good at fixing cars. I believe it. Like, she has, like, some... It's one of those things where she's, like, she's... She's kind of ditzy, but she's really smart about certain things. Yeah, I think that's I believe Ashley. that was her. And so Ashley. she's fixing the car, but then someone comes up behind her and... Well... I forget exactly what they do. She's standing on something to reattach the thing in the engine block. Yeah. And... Um, it's someone, like an apple crate, essentially. Yeah, like, takes that out and, like, closes the hood on her. So she's, like, stuck in there. She's, I don't remember what the mechanics is, but she's trapped in there. And they've also removed the engine fan blade cover. Yes. Um, so she gets destroyed. Got, got, got. Uh, which is the it, first of the... Like, I don't remember why. He must turn on the car because then yeah. it's sucking her in. She's getting... She, her hair gets caught. She's getting pulled in. It's so gnarly. It's disgusting and uh, so sad because I loved her. A very creative kill. Yeah, this is the first of our group to die. The yeah, boys have died. We don't really care died. about them. Who cares about them? It was like these girls actually made it to morning with no casualties. They had a plan to lure Russ Thorne here. They, they killed him. They executed it. The they boys kind of got in the way, but like they still nailed it. And now things are going awry. And it's very, it, like at this point, it is so sad. Yes. It, was, it, it is such an interesting comparison to like, again, the first to the beginning of the movie when it's like, you don't know these girls. They're just kind of like generic sleepover right. sleepover girls. They all get killed. You're like, oh bummer, but like I don't I don't know any of them. It doesn't matter to me. Um, whereas I, these at this point, I'm like, if you kill any of these girls, I'm gonna have a meltdown. Like, I do, do not take them from me. There's something different about like not that I don't feel sympathy for slasher victims uh, in these movies, but like people who are just victims of circumstance and get targeted by a killer is different than these girls planning to avenge this like. This These other wrongs, group of girls, yeah. Successfully achieving their goal and then they start dying yes. is like, it adds another layer of pathos to this that I think is really effective. Well, and the character work in this movie is really well done because they're really funny. You actually get the sense that they are really good friends. Yeah. Um, Alex aside, but yeah. Alex aside, yes. But they but they actually all have such an affection for her. It's very clear. None of them, the only person who's really annoyed she's there and is snuck in is Maeve, which again makes sense because Maeve's got really big older sister energy. Um, but like, they all like each other a lot. And to think, if you think about it, they have to be such good friends to have hatched this plot together. Like, what was the conversation they were having where they were like, wait, we should just go kill him. Like, right. you can only do that with people that you trust, like, really, really, really fundamentally. Um, and so it, it is really 
more upsetting than normal when they start dying. Yeah. So they, one of them notices um, out the window that uh, Ashley is clearly dead in the, trapped in the hood of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point someone starts firing, firing a nail gun at them mm-hmm. through the windows. And so they're like ducking for cover. There's yeah. some near misses. It's like a pretty well shot action scene. Yeah. Um, nail guns are fucking scary. There's a near miss and then Brainy tempts fate and looks up again and she gets nail gunned in the eye. Which I is probably the one thing about this movie that I don't like because it has been established that she is smarter than that. Yeah. And it is a very silly way for her to just be like, uh, do you think they're gone? And look back through the window and they're all going, Brady, don't, Brady, no. And then she gets nail gun to the head. And it's like, there's a lot of things in horror movies, right? Where somebody like sins or makes a mistake and you're like, that's your punishment. And obviously that's very reductive and like, right. it's never as simple as that. But that is kind of one of the tenets of these horror movies mm-hmm. is that usually it's that you've done something that somebody feels you should be punished for, whether it's the killer or the audience or something like that. And in this, it's just like, there. it feels like there's no reason for it. No. Like, and it doesn't make sense in character. So it was that, that was like my one bummer of this movie. Uh, Alex is now violently ill because... She ate those damn cookies. She ate the cookies. Uh, Maeve is taking care of her. Dana's going to like go try to get help, I guess. Because mm-hmm. if she can get to the boy's car, the boy's car works. Right. Their car's fucked now, for real. She meets up with... The last boy. Matt or John, whichever one it is. And he's like, no, you totally... Murdered my friends, yeah. Uh, They sort of make like a a brief truce. They're going to go together. And then he runs off and drives off without her. (laughs) Ugh, men. Men. (laughs) Dana then runs into Kay. She's like still looking for help. She runs into Kay, who says she's snail hunting. Starts talking about how much she hates the True Crime podcast. Things are getting... More and more suspicious by the right, minute. Right, they're becoming clear. And I uh, actually, I it's so funny because I had actually written down really early on that I thought Kay was very suspicious. Oh, and yeah. And then I had dropped that. Because Russ Thorne shows up, we see him. Yeah, like, and I loved that. I thought it was great that they, like, I, I was like, oh, she's safe now. And then I was like, oh, maybe not. Maybe actually, maybe I was wrong this whole time and she was suspicious after all. The reveal is Kay is Russ's mother. She dropped off the cookies to drug them so that they wouldn't tempt him and then they wouldn't be killed yeah the thing about the cookies and i think this is such a great detail is that the two times we have seen someone get sick from the cookies it is because they are eat they're the only person eating them and they're eating like 40 yeah and these cookies both times have been intended for all of the girls to share they will all just fall asleep and then they will not be killed because they will literally just fall asleep and be in their beds and russ thorne won't be coming and being like these girls are dancing around in their pajamas, you know? And I think that is a very interesting sort of twist of that they were never actually intentioned to make anybody sick. It's interesting. It's like a combination. I don't know. It's like this, uh, it's very true crime more than it is horror movie. The idea of a parent protecting their serial killer child because they don't know how to deal with it. It kind of reminds me of um, Seance that we just watched. Oh, true. I like, that's I think one of my, favorite tropes whenever it comes up in a horror movie or a true crime thing is like the mother always knowing Mm -hmm. and trying to kind of keep their child out of it as much as they could um and then occasionally the son like gets out and wreaks havoc it's like not a mrs Voorhees thing which is interesting like mrs Voorhees never really had that opportunity um but it is something that i find really interesting it becomes a Mrs. Voorhees thing because now yes. Kay is going to kill them. Right. There's like 
there's chases around the house and like they stab each other. Yeah. There's only one last big moment, right? Moment, which I mean, that's uh, Dana's mother shows yeah. up. Trish shows up to help them out. Um, something I actually really like about this movie, again, maybe we're laying on the um, women thing too thick, but like the fact that it ends up having a female killer as well as being a male penetration killer. Yes. As well as ending up being a mother and daughter overcoming the female killer. Yes. Like it is a little bit trying to have his cake and eat it too, but like Fine I kind of dig it. Fine with me because it's not, um, it actually is both, right? It's yeah. not, it's not just the mother is using the, like that's the thing about Mrs. Voorhees in, in She's Friday, using the son in Friday one. Code. Yes. And that she is, what's complicated about that. And the drill obviously is much more, Phallic. Penal and penetrative and phallic, yeah. Um, but a knife also is. Yeah. Anything that stabs is, I mean, this is like fun, kind of fundamental to all horror, is that mm-hmm. like getting stabbed at all is penetrative. It, it like it has that connotation. Um, and so when you have a female killer who's doing that, I mean, this is like we're going back to um, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, a book that I do not like. But the point that uh, people have made with that is it's penis envy. Yeah. Right? It's women trying to like appropriate men in some way there's like something going on there which like i don't i have very complicated feelings about that i don't know how i how much i vibe but like you know there's 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 some academic things going on there that are interesting i like this kind of like it is the 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 man is doing it the woman is doing something different i agree i think kind of collaborating in this this movie is aware of that like feminist horror research and not commenting on it, but trying to be, like, mindful of it, which yes. I think is really interesting. Again, it's not smarmy in a way that, again, referencing a franchise I love, but, like, that a Scream character monologuing to you about tropes yeah. is kind of, like, smarmy and didactic. Smug, yeah. It's it's different than that, and I appreciate that it does both things. And, again, okay. it's ultimately about women being empowered to defeat evil women. <laughs> Yes, women can be both evil and um, also, like, Saviors. fighting evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's, like, it's not genius. It's not a masterpiece. No, but it's, but like, It's smart. interesting. I like it. It's intentional. It yeah. has intentionality, and that's what I, like, really appreciate about I it. I agree. That's it. I mean, I like this movie. Um, it ends the way Slasher ends. They all embrace. Maeve and Alex are fine. Um, yeah, Maeve, Maeve does give her kind of a shit at one point. When, it's when Alex is very much in danger. Maeve kind of takes out her fear on mm-hmm. Dana um, and yells at her and is like, we only ever did this for you and your obsession. And if you get Alex killed, like it's your fault and all these different things. But then they have their, they make up, which is nice because I was worried about them because the other ones yeah. were supposed to be in love with each other. Oh, the other thing that we should have mentioned is um, Kay stabs Trish, Dana's mother, through the hand. Um, yes. But it's the hand where she can't feel anything because it got drilled through. That's she great. makes a quip about that. Um, and then ends up killing Kay with the cut-off end of the drill bit that Dana cut off earlier with the machete that was laying in the yard out front. Yes. Um, I like that that's repurposed, too. Agreed. Again, we could go into the penetration stuff, but, like, I just like, from a, on a simple level, like, the weapon that was lethal was defanged, and then the despite not having its power anymore, is then used to defeat the final villain. Like, I just think there's something, uh, again, really smart and intentional about it. I agree. I keep I love going back that. to that, but, like, mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Absolutely. 
Do you have any trivia for this movie? Um, just the one, um, other than the stuff we've already said about it being like all summer party massacre movies are directed by women, the pink guitar, like these are all, there's a lot of little nods. Um, there is a, the goose lamp from the first movie. The goose lamp. Yes. They really wanted to get some of the old actors, um, from the past movies in this movie. Yeah. COVID. Wow. Just like they couldn't get anybody out, which it makes sense. It makes sense. It's a bummer. Um, I did see this was filmed in South Africa. Yes. Which is wild. Yes. There's a lot of, yeah, the, the, she wears the Space Baby shirt as a reference. Oh, nice. Yeah, they just couldn't have anybody who wasn't a citizen um, in the production. A citizen of what? Of South Africa. Is it true? Everyone who's in this movie is a citizen of South I Africa? I think that it's, so it's like people who are already there, they quarantined, and then production resumed before rapid tests were readily, readily available. Travel restrictions prevented anyone who wasn't a citizen. So I guess if you were already there, because you'd already been in, in production... Then you could stay and keep doing production. I did just click on everyone who has a Wikipedia page uh, in this movie, and they're all South African. So So there you go. None of them have South African accents. I just want to say real quick. No, everyone's accents are pretty good. Pretty convincing American, just like generic Midwest, Eastern accents. Danishka Esterhazy is not South African. She's Canadian. Oh. Suzanne Kelly, the writer, does not have a Wikipedia page. That's funny. Actually, the the lesbian subtext is apparently based on what is let like classically lesbian subtext in the original. I don't know if you've ever picked up on that when you were watching the originals, but guess I'll just have to go back. Yeah, I guess I have to watch them again. Darn I think it! They're, it's homoerotic in like just like an eighties in a classic, way. yeah, summer party way. Good movie. I'd recommend if you watch it, even if I you haven't liked seen it. the original Slumber Party Massacres, which you should also but watch, especially if you have and you like them, or you watch them and you like them. This is a good Absolutely. this is a good update. Good add to the canon, yeah, for sure. I appreciate that it was made and that it's as good as it is. Absolutely. Again, I think this is one of those things where it's like, this is not one of the best movies we've covered on the podcast, but I have a special place in my heart for it, even after having just watched it for the first time, because totally. it does honor to a franchise that is very close to my heart. Right. And it totally swerved on me in a way that I did not expect. It surprised me. If you're able to do that in a horror movie in twenty twenty three, it's honestly pretty impressive. I really appreciate it. I hope what's next will do the same. So why I don't you... always hope so. Pull up the roulette and we'll spin it and we'll see if we're going back to South Africa. <laughs> we'll see. Our next movie will be... Nomads. Where is this? This is on Shudder. <laughs> back to Shudder. I think that's okay. Back to Shudder. It might be on some other things too, but Shudder's what we got. It's um, 1986 John McTiernan film. Yeah, Pierce. Bro- it looks like it starts Pierce Brosnan. I'll be honest, I have never heard of this. I haven't either, which is interesting because it's Pierce Brosnan and the poster looks spooky. It's got a ghost on it. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm excited. Cool. Nomads. I, I love uh, when an 80s movie that I've never heard of shows up. It's very exciting. Not that I'm like the expert or anything, but like I've been in the trenches. I've like dug through some stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's cool. Especially with Pierce Brosnan. Absolutely. I can't wait to talk about Pierce Brosnan. That's so funny. <laughs> Me too. All right, so Nomads will be next. Love it. And until then, check us out on our website at NowScreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at NowScreaming. Twitter is not the best place to be right now. No, we should start thinking about moving to another social media. We are on Tumblr. I do uh, sometimes go on Tumblr and I see people reblog our stuff on Tumblr and I appreciate you. If you're out there reblogging our stuff on Tumblr, you are a real one. If you're listening to this and you are not a Twitter or Facebook user, but you're like, you know what? If they were on, insert social media here, mm-hmm. I might interact with them. Um, let us know. Like, yeah. there's nothing preventing us from branching out other than we don't 
we want to be where people are, right? Yeah. And again, now that Twitter is a place that increasingly people don't want to be, um, though, I mean, this has been true for years, right? I don't, I don't want to overstate the death of Twitter, but like, I mean, it's not even literally not Twitter anymore, right? Um, Ugh. I just, let us know if there's somewhere you would like to talk to us other than that, because yeah. we can, we can shift. Right. Um, a blue sky or whatever it's called. It's called blue sky. Blue sky. <laughs> uh, or threads or like whatever, like we are amenable. Just yeah, let us know. for sure. Thanks as always to Wes Craven. And to Roger Corman, who paid for the original film and got it off the ground and helped finance and support a franchise that was women-led and, again, written, I think it was a spec script by Rita Mae Brown and um, Amy Holden Jones, who was a film editor who had not had an opportunity to be a big director, supported that. Again, he wasn't responsible for every single one of those decisions, but an icon of independent and horror filmmaking that... Let this franchise be what it is today as yeah. well. I love, I think Roger Corman is probably the second most thank person on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Les Craven, Roger Corman. He deserves it. Should I think somebody else? No, no. I I think it's a good one. He was always out there supporting small projects and I love that. Yeah. So many great directors got their start because of him. Yeah. And Julie Corman. She's, she also rocks. Oh yeah. You love to see it. You love to see it. All right, until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.